Someone stole the kishka, someone stole the kishka from the butcher shop. Who stole the kishka? Who stole the kishka? Who stole the kishka? Someone call the cops. Round the firmly fully back, it was hanging on the rack. Someone stole the kishka when I turned my back. Who stole the kishka? Who stole the kishka? Who stole the kishka? Take my rubber boots, but give me back my kishka. Who stole the kishka? Who stole the kishka? Who stole the kishka from the butcher shop? Now Willie found the kishka. Willie found the kishka. Willie found the kishka. He hung it on the rack. He found the kishka. He found the kishka. He found the kishka. Willie brought it back. Manitoba, that was Slew High, and uh, classic, I think just about anybody will recognize, uh, whether you're Ukrainian or not, uh, it, that, of course, who stole the kishka? Dobry večer i vitaju vas vsih, dorhi radio suhači na radio prošamu naš holos radio ukrajinskoho korinja, katera podjeti vam na bahatomobni radiostanci AM 1320 CHMV Hello there and welcome to Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio coming to you here on AM 1320 CHMB Vancouver. I'm your host Palvina. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, in this hour, we've got a mix of music and some spoken word features from the Nash Holos audio archives which are which are evergreen, pretty much timeless and certainly uh, kind of are apropos to the times uh, of what's going on in the world right now. It's a little bit crazy here in Canada, in Ukraine, around the world. But we're going to focus on mostly Ukraine because this is a Ukrainian radio program, but also on Canada because this is Ukrainian-Canadian roots that we're celebrating on this show. So uh, we've got a feature called Victor's Vignettes, and uh, this is... Victor's account of growing up in the Soviet Union and uh, trying to find contraband music during the Soviet era. As well, a feature about the parliament buildings in Ottawa and uh, the Ukrainian connection there. So anybody that's going to be in Ottawa this weekend will certainly be interested if they don't know this story already. As well, we're going to focus on something on a sadder note, which also is... Apropos to these times, we just commemorated Holocaust Day on January 27th, and we've got a story from World War II. It's it's not a Jewish victim of the Holocaust, it is a Ukrainian victim, um, but still, it is a story that uh, we should all be mindful of that actually happened, and keep in mind uh, to put all stops in place so that it doesn't happen again anywhere in the world ever again. 
So stay tuned for all of that. We've also got our usual proverb of the week, other items of interest, and plenty of great Ukrainian music. And coming up next is Ron Kahoot and Buria from Toronto. This is an original composition. And if you're tuning in for the first time and are not really sure about uh, Ukrainian history or what what's what it's all about, uh, this kind of tells you the story of the Ukrainian Cossacks. You know, you may have seen... Uh, Ukrainian dancers doing sword fights and flips and splits in the air and stuff like that. And uh, this will kind of tell you in a nutshell the story of the Ukrainian Kozak. Ron Kahoot and Budia with Fly Kozak. Thanks to the foresight and generosity of its donors, the Shevchenko Foundation has been investing in the future of the Ukrainian-Canadian community for over 50 years. Since 1963, the Shevchenko Foundation has been funding initiatives that strengthen our Ukrainian-Canadian identity and enhance our Ukrainian-Canadian cultural heritage. These include fine and performing arts and arts groups, museums, cultural centers, education, as well as authors, journalists, and the Ukrainian-Canadian media, including this program. The Foundation strives to become the premier not-for-profit foundation in a Canada which acknowledges the Ukrainian-Canadian community as a fundamental component of Canadian society. Nash Hollis listeners are encouraged to support this vision through continued donations into the future. To apply for grants, make a donation, or for more information, visit ShochenkoFoundation.com. Every day, more Ukrainian soldiers are killed or wounded by Russian invaders. You can help wounded heroes by joining the Adopt-A-Soldier program of registered charity Ukraine War Amps. A small monthly donation goes very far for medical services and living expenses and creates a special bond between you and a wounded hero. 100% of your contribution goes to the soldier. Please, adopt a soldier today. Visit ukrainewaramps.ca or find us on Facebook. Протекла, мов кров з ножа, по степу тонка межа, 
ліворуч битва, а справа бій, чигає смерть у далі голубі. Ми йдемо, одна сім'я, сто бійців і з ними я. На сто бійців один наказ День за днем, хто знає де Був наказ і сотня йде Крізь вогонь і куль політ Крізь вугілля і крізь граніт Ми йдемо Одна сім'я, сто бійців, і з ними я, ні день за денем, зараз раз, на сто бійців, один наказ, зробиш і наробиш, зроздоріж, дорозоріж, і так далі. Вчора був, сьогодні є, а завтра хто зна, що буде там, за батьківщину життя віддам. Завтра я, а потім ти, хто знає. Blue for the endless sky 
And we don't need new colors, we don't need new flags There is no reason to die Hey Mr. Putin, we send you an angel An angel to make you see Playing with fire is not a game While sitting on TNT Hey Mr. Putin, hey Mr. Putin This country is our land You are welcome if you come sometime As a guest and a good friend Until then Mr. Putin, the message is clear This is the message for you Don't you know that my country is called Ukraine And our colors are yellow and blue Hey, Mr. Putin, see the mamas Of young dead soldiers cry Stop telling the world you never send them Cause crying mamas don't lie German singer-songwriter Christian Tessen with his original composition, Hey Mr. Putin, Crying Mamas Don't Lie. And that was written, of course, to address the war, which uh, he started in 2014, Mr. Putin, that is, and uh, written with the hope that soon sanity and peace would prevail and the war would end. Unfortunately, it doesn't look like that's going to be happening anytime soon, but we can still pray for a miracle that it does. Before him, you heard Yulia Donchenko and a Ukrainian remake of the 1966 popular American ballad by uh, Sergeant Barry Sadler. And that, of course, was a ballad of the Green Berets. This one is called Stobiltsi, which translates as 100 fighters or warriors. And uh, that is in reference to those who perished, the heavenly hundreds that perished at the start um, of this terrible ongoing war. Hungry All the Time is a mini-documentary that came to us courtesy Saskatchewan storyteller Linda Mikolayenko. It was recorded in 2004 and first aired on Nasholos on August 10, 2014. It's a timeless story that, in these troubled times, is a reminder of the horrors of war, the indomitable human spirit, and the grace of God. 
Поведення дуже добре, зі співпраці дуже добре, загальний вислід дуже добрий. Катерина Кіяк was an excellent student. Дуже добре, з кореспонденції рахунків дуже добре, з німецької мови добре. On June 30, 1942, after finishing her second year of high school, she would have been proud to go home and show her report card to her family. Instead, she and her fellow Ukrainian students in the village of Otrachova in German-occupied Poland were forcibly taken to the nearby town of Sanok and put on a train bound for Nazi Germany. They come to the school and they took the whole school. So my, my family, never, I never say goodbye to them. From the school they took us to the Sanok, they put us on a, on a, on a train the full train. We were sitting on the floor. Everybody was sitting on the floor. And when somebody told a family that they took us from the school, I remember my mom come and she came to the, when we was already in the train, she came and she said, she called me, Kashu, Kashu, where are you? I was crying, I said, I'm here. And she was crying too. She said, I'm never going to see you again. And that's how I heard her. And, and they took us in a train and to the Germany. She held on tight to her report card. It was one of only two items Katarina had with her to remind her of her home as she spent the next three years living in barracks and working as a slave laborer in a factory outside the city of Ziegen. We was uh, eight girls of us. We were sleeping near the factory. Two girls were from, from the same school, and the, the other one from the other villages. We didn't know them, but we, we met them there. Near the factory, and was lots of French prisoners and Russian prisoners, mostly of them French. And I was uh, working in a factory. I was uh, welding without glasses. My eyes are burned. When I went to, to the doctor here, because I'm wearing the glasses, when he see me first time, he said, what did you do with your eye? I say, why? They are completely burned. Katarina was never told the purpose of her welding work. In World War II, The steel factories around Ziegens supplied the parts for German submarines, so it's not unlikely that she helped make U-boats for Hitler. The pipe was outside. It was six, seven yards long. We have to come outside, brought him inside, put on a stand, and I was welding. The whole time when I finished, I took the pipe on the same uh, carriage and I outside put outside and I took the other one uh, every day the same thing the the whole three years. The pipe was very very heavy. Yeah, but we have to do it. Forced to work long hard hours without adequate eye protection was difficult enough, but it was the lack of food that was the hardest to endure. And we was hungry all the time. Terrible, terrible hungry. In the same factory was a kitchen, big kitchen. They was cooking. For German, they cook different and for us different. Every day they give us brukwa. Uh, uh, I don't know how you say it. Turnip. Turnip. Yeah, every day, same thing, same thing. I cannot look today on that. <laughs> Yeah, we was very, very hungry all the time. I never wrote home that I was so hungry, but one time my cousin come and visit me. When he came, I have nothing to eat. I was hungry. He was looking at me, and he say, you have nothing to eat? I say, no, I have nothing to eat. That's the same thing every day. So, And I told him, don't. Even try to write home to tell my mother what happened here, but he didn't listen to me. My mother, when she received the letter from him, she sent, she baked the bread and she sent me. The bread came to the factory, was 
all white that will blue blue you know yeah but I eat it anyway and eat and I give my friends same thing we eat everything just as Katarina shared her moldy bread with her friends she was also the beneficiary of others generosity French slaves they received parcels from home they come when I was welding the pipe and he come to when he was smoking cigarette he said he come to you know to 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 the light and he say be careful on the next in the end of the pipe there is something for you so they leave us always two or three biscuits every day because they receive uh, parcels from France and they always put something uh, or a piece of bread or uh, mostly biscuits and they put to the pipes but they say be careful gentlemen who don't see you because they cooked for them and for us the same thing. So they, they could not eat that, but we have to eat because we have nothing else. But they receive a parcel from home and they always give us something to eat. Not much, little bit, but they gave us. On Sundays, the factory was closed, but one of the local women took a risk that ensured Katarina got a decent meal from time to time. One, uh, one lady was working in the same factory uh, with, uh, with a, a German lady, and she asked me if I can come on Sunday uh, to, to help her in the house to do something. I say, yeah. She say, I give you eat. So I, with a pleasure, I went on Sunday. The whole day I was uh, doing for her everything, anything she told me to do it, I do it, but she gave me something to eat on Sunday. But she say, don't say anything to anybody what happened because uh, we are not allowed to take you home. But if, if nobody saw it, she took, she took me. And there was always the fear of Allied bombs. When uh, the plane came, the serene went on when the day was bombing, so we stopped the working and they uh, closed all the lights and everything. And uh, we, uh, when, when the bomb fin- finished, so we was working again. It must have been scary. Well, scary, sure. It was scary. Fortunately, because of its location outside the city, their factory escaped the shelling. And in such conditions, Katarina spent three years of her young life. We was not allowed to go to go anywhere. We was crying. That's all. Yeah, and we was praying to God to 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 the war to be finished soon, so we could be free. Freedom finally did come in 1945, and eventually Katarina made her way to Canada, met and married Ostap Gellner and raised a family in Montreal. So I have that my report card and I have my uh, uh, book that I went to First Communion and I still have it now I took from the school. That's all I have uh, memory from my school and from my home. My report card and my First Communion uh, book. It was that book of prayers that sustained Katarina through the difficult ordeal. She read from it every day. To molitva do presetoi trojci. Včero dziakuj tobi, se blahi Bože, v trojci świati jedyni, što ty ochoronimne mene ti jej noči vid nahloj ta nespodivanoj smerti. Zdjačmo se za ciu lasku, vidaju neni tobi. I cannot believe myself that I went, what I went through. But I am telling you the truth now, whenever I pray, I, I mostly cry. And I thank God that, that I went through everything and I'm still alive. Many thanks to Linda Mikolayenko for sharing this poignant story of Katerina Geller, whose deep faith helped her survive Nazi brutality during World War II. For more of Linda Mikolayenko's stories, visit her website, LindaTheStoryteller.ca
This is CHMB AM 1320, Vancouver. From Edmonton, that was Millennia from their most recent CD, Budmo Hey, and that was Tomu Kosa Dobre Kosic, which translates as the braid is well braided, and uh, it's nothing about braids at all, really. But as usual, a love song of sorts. Millennia with Tomu Kosa. Welcome to Victor's Vignettes. Stories about life in Soviet and post-Soviet Ukraine by Viktor Sergeyev of Nikolaev, Ukraine. I am Sergei Kaznagy in Toronto. When it came to music listening in Soviet Ukraine, we always had choices. We could tune in on radio receivers to hear soundtracks of the two available TV channels, 
the state-controlled Moscow Channel and the pro-Moscow Kiev Channel. Or we would create a cultural environment of our own, underground. Of course, the latter choice was by far the most popular. Not that it was easy. In official stores, only government-sanctioned goods were available for purchase, so radio receivers came without 19 and 25-meter bands to block transmissions of Voice of America and the BBC channels. But where there is a will, there is always a way. There was the black market, occasional trips abroad, and of course we could always build our own radios. As well, there were old World War II trophy German radios around, or you could buy good Japanese tape recorders with built-in radios. As I said, we had choices. My hometown of Nikolaev is a seaport, and for me it was a window to the world. The seamen always brought home plenty of vinyl discs from their trips abroad. So, for as long as I can remember, the Beatles, the Rolling Stones, Deep Purple, Slade, and other prominent names in Western pop culture have been part of my consciousness. The old Union Company Melodia in faraway Moscow, of course, tried to control our musical preferences. It was a useless exercise. The selection in the Moscow-controlled store numbered in the mere hundreds of discs, all naturally carrying the label Melodia. The black market, however, offered thousands upon thousands of discs from all over the world. The United States, the Great Britain, Japan, Taiwan, Malaysia, Spain, France, even socialist countries like Poland, Romania, and the former Yugoslavia. Our local black market had a name, Schod, which means gathering. Schod existed according to its own rules, independent of any authorities. It took place once a week, on Sundays, and it was a sacred dream for music collectors like me. But contraband is never cheap. The cost of just three foreign vinyl discs was equal to the monthly salary of an engineer. Therefore, we would copy the discs and share the music. We used ordinary tape recorders, as magnetic tapes were relatively inexpensive and easy to come by. Sometimes we wondered if we were being disloyal to our heritage and by embracing foreign culture as we did. But Ukrainian culture was suppressed by Soviet authorities, with only fragments remaining. We knew of some Ukrainian singers and songwriters, but they were loyal to the Soviet regime. And, of course, anything or anyone bearing Moscow's stamp of approval held no interest for us. In those days, I was vaguely aware that in western Ukraine, in places like Lviv and Ivano-Frankivsk, Ukrainian culture remained strong. But, unfortunately, those cities were too far away to have any influence on us. Taras Shevchenko, Mikhailo Kotsubinsky, Ivan Franko, Ostap Vishnya, Volodymyr Vasyuk, Sofia Rotaro, and others were, of course, known names to us, but they were only relics of Ukrainian culture, ancient history, throwbacks to the past, all meant to be forgotten. Now, every day it becomes more clear just how much of our cultural heritage is lost to us forever, due both to Soviet oppressors and the purveyors of Western pop culture. At least young people today have more choices and better ones. I hope they choose wisely. These are words of Viktor Sergeyev in Mykolaiv, Ukraine. I am Serhii Kaznadi in Toronto, Canada. I hope you enjoyed this edition of Viktor's Vignettes, stories from the life of Viktor Sergeyev in Mykolaiv, Ukraine. For audio archives and links, visit www.nashholos.com. So until next time, dopobacenia. Yeah.
from Toronto, Ontario. That was Dunai from their most recent CD, and that was Ukrain of Stavai. And um, I think probably most people can recognize the um, the melody that uh, that song is uh, taken from. And although Victor Sergeyev is unfortunately no longer with us, I have a feeling he would have approved of that. Coming up next, uh, we have a group from, originally from Edmonton, and they are in Newfoundland. Actually, they've been there for quite a few years now. They are called the Kuba Sonics. Brian Cherwick, Cherwick and his family and friends, uh, merging Celtic, East Coast uh, Celtic music with Ukrainian and doing quite a remarkable job. He's quite a hit out there with the Newfies on the Rock. Here he is now uh, and his band with Kalena, which translates as Highbush Cranberry, and there's a whole lot more than cranberries involved in the lyrics of this song. It's all about family unity. Here he is now, Brian Cherwick and the Kubasonics with Kalena. <laughs>
This is Irena Bell, producer and host of the Ukrainian Hour on Chin Radio in Ottawa, with a Did You Know Chisnalevi segment, and special greetings to the listeners of Nash Holos. Did you know that the gold restoration on the weather vane and ironwork on the roof of the landmark Library of Parliament in Ottawa was done by artist Olich Lysiuk of Toronto? He was the leading artist, assisted by Yulia Butapolishuk and Diana Milnichenko, both from Toronto. Olich Lysiuk was born in 1959 in Lviv, Ukraine, and lives and creates in Canada since 1992. He is president of the Ukrainian Association of Visual Artists of Canada, vice president of the Ukrainian-Canadian Art Foundation, and member of the National Artists' Union of Ukraine and Sculpture Society of Canada. He has created several monuments, monumental signs, park sculptures, and memorial plaques in Ukraine, USA, Canada, France, and Great Britain, and has earned numerous awards and grants for his many projects. Oleg Lysiuk also did the logo and memorial plaque for the 120th anniversary of Ukrainian immigration to Canada. The logo consists of three parts. The bottom symbolizes the four waves of immigration to Canada. In the central part, people are transformed into cranes, flying to the new land with the memory of their national crest, the Trizub. The third part transforms the wings of the cranes into a maple leaf and the number 120 indicates the 120 years of settlement. A copy of the memorial plaque is now permanently displayed at the Canadian Parliament, the city halls of Halifax, Montreal, Ottawa, Toronto, Winnipeg, Saskatoon and Edmonton, as well as at the Embassy of Ukraine in Canada. You can see the 120th anniversary logo on the website of the Ukrainian-Canadian Congress. And as for the gilding restoration on the roof of the Parliamentary Library in Ottawa, you can see that from quite a distance. Many thanks to Irena Bell of the Ukrainian radio program in Ottawa for sharing Chisnalave, Did You Know, with Nasholis listeners. You can catch her show Sundays at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, which is, of course, 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, streaming live at www.chinradioottawa.com. settled down and our warrior Cossacks look sadly round to see how many brethren they had lost they cry out at the heavy cost it wasn't the first time their swords had clashed and they knew very well it wouldn't be the last they'd pray to God they had a war to win their beloved homeland would rise again backs were about to break under the toils of this new land. They prayed to God in heaven above, how much more could they withstand? They placed holy crosses into the ground, and soon new strength to go on was found. Their faith had brought them another day. They'd get back on their feet and say, they'd say, Many years, many sacrifices, many went to heaven's gate. But when the winds of freedom swept across Ukraine in the summer of 91, you could hear generations. 
generations from the past join together with those of today as one and yell, Buj I watched my father be laid to rest in this his, but not his land. I looked my boy straight in the eyes, and I'd pray to God he'd understand. I said, this was a faithful son of Ukraine. Remember and cherish this bond. And then my son looked at me, and he said with a strength that seemed to come from a world beyond. He said, And that was Shum from Winnipeg from their CD Unplugged. And unfortunately, the group's not together anymore as Shum, but um, they're still around in Winnipeg doing great Ukrainian music. And that song was called Buj Mohei, and it was a story pretty much of Ukrainian emigration to Canada. Up next, Ukrainian-Canadian legends Mickey and Bunny a popular and prolific duo from the 1960s and 70s. And here they are now with a Canadian iconic classic, This Canada of Ours. From the And our proverb of the week translates as Be not only kind, but also just. And with that, we've come to the end of another edition of Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio. In between broadcasts, please visit us online at www.nasholos.com, where you can find audio files, transcripts, and other information about the show. As well, you can find a link to our Patreon site if you'd like to support us there. So to wrap things up, the Prairie Crocus Band from Winnipeg with the Off to Battle Kolomeka. I'm Pavlina. On behalf of all of us here at Nasholos and AM 1320, thanks for listening and Dobranich!
Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.